You're going to be stuck, stuck with me for the next few Thank you, my dear. That's all right. Thank you. We'll collaborate. We'll collaborate. We'll run off on each other. Right on, brother. Right on. I guarantee you, Mary, we'd win the golf match. Is your wife coming over? Good afternoon, everyone. I'd like to reconvene the City Council meeting of uh, December 5th. Um, we will have the Pledge of Allegiance, and I'd like to ask our, where is she? There she is, our incoming mayor's wife to lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance, if you would be, do that for us. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you very much, JL. Uh, clerk will take roll call, please. Councilmember Hansen? Present. Councilmember Mullaney? Here. Councilmember Peabody? Present. Mayor Pro Tem Mertens? Present. Mayor Roach? Here. Uh, approval of the final agenda. Are there any corrections or changes? Seeing none, uh, without objection, we will approve it unanimously. Approval of the final minutes. We have special meeting minutes of November 7th, regularly scheduled meetings uh, for November 7th, special meeting uh, minutes, two special meeting minutes for November 21st, and regularly scheduled meeting minutes uh, for November 21st. Are there any corrections or additions from anyone? No. Seeing none, then without objection, we will approve those uh, unanimously. Number four, um, year in review, it says. Whatever that means. Can I put my timer on? No. <laughs> sure. Why not? We're going to have fun today. Today is an important day in our wonderful small city. Today, today we transition to a new mayor. It's really his day. Much like New Year's Day, we usher in a new mayor with a new excitement, a new anticipation for what lies ahead, for a brighter future, and a new resolve for our city for an even higher level of integrity, dignity, and dedication. And I, for one, am truly happy that we are one of the four cities in the Coachella Valley that choose to rotate the leadership roles. I really strongly feel that it brings out the very best in your elected body. This is the third time I've stepped down from the role of mayor. And in looking back over the past year, I think it's amazing. It was amazing for me to see how many similarities there are um, in what has been accomplished over the past year. First, I can say once again that serving as your mayor has been a tremendous highlight and honor and a privilege for me. That has never changed. I am so proud of our city, of our great citizens, of our council and the good governance that we as a body provide for the dedication of our very small staff who work tirelessly tirelessly for the council and the community to make it the best place it can be. 
and for all the residents who partake in one way or another in helping to serve our community. Each and every person adds to the magnificence of who we are as a city. So my sincere thanks to all of you for your exceedingly supportive nature and the faith you have in your city government. That being said, I'd like to take a few minutes to highlight some of the projects and goals City Council has achieved during the past year. Most importantly, in my estimation, we recruited and hired a new city manager, an outstanding and top-notch public servant with over 27 years of city manager experience, Mr. Wade McKinney. He is a rare combination of experience, personal integrity, and what I would call down-home friendliness with an ability to connect with everyone with a friendly smile and a welcoming handshake. The city is in good hands with Wade at the helm, and we are thankful he chose to relocate to our beautiful city. Thanks, Wade. Indian Wells Golf Resort. We developed and continue to implement a comprehensive strategic plan for the golf resort, complete with the renamed IW Club, now called View Grill and Bar, a new and amazing pavilion overlooking the entire valley, and additional revenue programs for the golf segment. All these add up to increased bottom line profit, usability, and the modernization necessary to stay competitive. Indian Wells Tennis Garden. The tennis garden is set to become one of the most important tennis facilities in the whole world with all the exciting enhancements including the new 8,000 seat Stadium 2, new Indian Wells signage on the four major courts, a luxurious garden setting, increased eating venues, and the latest and most up-to-date technology available, all that will be unveiled at next year's PNB Paribas Open. And at the Tennis Garden, we have completed a comprehensive documented financial analysis of all the partnerships agreements between the city and the Tennis Garden including all agreements since its inception in 2000, and thus strengthening our very important relationship with the Indian Wells Tennis Garden. In terms of the city's financial position, this has been great. Our financial committee, and headed by uh, our financial director, Kevin McCarthy, have done a great job. We've improved our cash flow to the general fund versus the budget by $185,000 this year uh, for an actual uh, net of $825,000. We've increased our capital reserve allocation. We saved $1,500,000 after the bidding process, approving the utility undergrounding project of the 20A and 20B sections in the homes near the tennis stadium. We saved the city over $300,000 with our joint venture project with Palm Desert on road slurry ceiling. 
We increased the admission tax revenue by 200000 at the Indian Wells Tennis Garden by increasing the tax to 10% for a total of some $2 million per year to the city coffers. We saved $2,700,000 over the next 10 years by refinancing two existing outstanding bonds. Plus, in the new budget, we have eliminated additional expenses that were considered to be excess. Few other major objectives that we've met. Completed the Highway 111 Cook Street widening project on time and on budget. Reestablished the Grants and Aids Committee and program. Established a parking authority in order to potentially utilize unused city properties to service the tennis stadium events and other events. Negotiated the first memo of understanding with the newly formed Indian Wells City Employees Association. Negotiated a three-year contract with the Riverside County Fire Department. And we have reevaluated and are moving forward to compel compliance with the contracts with the commercial developers of the two vacant land areas on Highway 111. Suffice it to say, we've been busy. And this is just a list of our major accomplishments, and Council is well underway planning and strategizing for next year's goals. On a, on a final personal note, Indian Wells has been my home for some 20 years. I was first elected in 2000, and thus have served on the City Council for many years, three, years, three terms as mayor. I truly treasure this community and its citizens. No question, this is the best city I have ever lived in. And as I pass the baton over to Ted Mertens, Mayor Pro Tem, for this second, in a few seconds he will be the mayor, I know that this city is in excellent hands and we can all look forward to a bright future. Thank you very much. Now, we go into the reorganization of the City Council and the successor agency. At this time, I will ask uh, Mayor Pro Tem Mertens to, to come over there with me as I swear in um, Mr. Mertens as the new mayor and the successor agency chair. We're told to come over here so Bondi can get pictures of us. <laughs> Seems like you should put your hand up, huh? Or something? Into the light. Do you, Ted J. Mertens, solemnly swear to support the constitutions of the United States and the state of California and the charter of the city of Indian Wells and its laws, to uphold the goals, mission, and objectives of the city, and to the best of your ability, perform the duties of mayor in the service of the residents of Indian Wells? I do. Congratulations, Mayor. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you very much, Mary, and, and I want to tell you that it's a very big and, and special honor to me to have you swear me in. I really appreciate that. Now, 
one of the first things I get to do is give you some things in recognition of your time. And the, I, I hope you can find room on your wall for this. Uh, you know, before I do give you this, I, I want to say that prior to my becoming a council member, you and I have had many conversations over the years. Um, I, I knew what I was getting into. I realize now that the commitment and the dedication and the effort is somewhat greater than what I had even thought. And you told me time and time again, you said, just wait, you'll see. Um, and that indeed is the fact. I, I honestly believe that for every hour that I put in, I know you're putting in an hour and a half to two hours. And I appreciate your dedication and your commitment to this community and the residents of this community. I hope you find room now on your wall for this. This is uh, the, the gavel, the mayor's gavel. It says presented, let me, I'll go tell them what it says real quick here because it presented to Mayor Mary T. Roach with our sincere appreciation for outstanding service to the community as Mayor of Indian Wells, December 2012 to December 2013. And it has the names of the, your fellow council members on it. And I also, thank you, and I also get to present to you this gift, which I'm sure you probably know what it is. You want to open it now just so people can understand what it is? Somebody hey, give me this too. <laughs> My kids always tell me, come on, Mom, just rip it off. <laughs> take the ball, I'll take the paper, take the book. Which um, is is um, a wonderful keeps keepsake. I have them for the other two times. It's something we do here in City Well, uh, Indian Wells, and it's really appreciated. Thank you so much. I shouldn't sit down here, but um, right. now it's your turn. Go right ahead. Um, You're on. Thank you. The first thing I'd like to ask is if any of my fellow council members have any comments or remarks that they'd like to make at this time. I would, I would like to say something. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank Mary. This is... My first year has been an interesting first year, and even though we all may not always agree, what I think the biggest accomplishment for this council is is that there was no negative publicity in the newspapers or around the valley, and we kept our any disagreements outside of the public forum, which I think is critically important, and I think hopefully that will continue on forever. So I want to... Thank Mary. It's been an interesting year. We don't always agree. We shouldn't always agree. But I think you've been a great mayor and you've been a stabilizing factor considering what, what had happened in the past. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ted, you're embarking upon a chapter in your life that you're never going to forget. And we're going to try as hard as we possibly can to make it a smooth year, a very productive year. And my wish is that it's a year of good health, 
faith in yourself and faith in our residents to bring this city even further into the glory that it has in its past history. So Ted, my most welcome as mayor, you and I have contended against each other all too long, so we'll now have a partnership. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Okay, and I, at this time, um, I'd like to introduce a couple of people. This is, I guess, the prerogative of the incoming person. First and foremost, obviously, I'd like to introduce my wife, JL, uh, without whom I wouldn't be here. Her undying support, her patience, that's the most important thing, her patience with me, um, these are the reasons that I'm here. And so, JL, thank you, and I'll do my best to um, make this a, not only an interesting year, but uh, a fun year for all of us. And I'd like to also mention my daughters, Jody and Janae, neither of whom would be here today because they live out of state and they have uh, work commitments. Um, but they are watching via the streaming video. I hope they said they would. But I want to thank them for their support and their encouragement and their help during the campaign. Um, I couldn't have done I couldn't have done it uh, without their help. They're much more computer literate than either JL or I, so they helped us a great deal. Um, I'd also like to acknowledge Bob Simon, who, as most people know, has is is been a long time. Uh, council watcher occupies a seat in the back there every council meeting uh, but he can't be here but he also is watching via uh, the video and Bob I'll just tell you that uh, your seat is waiting for you whenever you feel up to it there are so many other people that I would like to uh, acknowledge uh, whose support and vote has made this day possible but it just isn't uh, appropriate or possible to name all of them because of the time uh, that it might take. But I am deeply gratified by your support and the confidence you have shown in me. I would like to recognize a couple of people that are here today in the audience. Um, and I'd just like to mention Al and Pat Weesey. I uh, hope your golf cart is uh, back in working order. As many of you may know, you saw me running around during the campaign. It was Al's golf cart that I was riding in, and we had it all decorated up. But uh, I thank you for for that and your support. Um, and I'll also take this opportunity to acknowledge and thank a very special couple whose support and friendship mean a great deal to JL and I, Mr. Gene Poma and Ms. Kate Bruckner. Thank you so much for your support and your help throughout the year. So now I get to tell you a little bit about where we might be going. A year ago, while I was knocking on doors and during my campaign, many people asked, what do you stand for? What are you hoping to accomplish? Why are you even running for office? Fortunately, I had asked myself these very questions. My answer was simple. I want to rebuild the public's trust in our local government. Enough of you believed in me, and I was voted into office. Now the burden fell upon me to fulfill my commitment. This message was simple, to rebuild the public's trust in our local government. The task, however, has proven to be Herculean. This past year, I think we've taken some steps to accomplish this task. We've hit a couple of speed bumps, and we have a long way to go. My commitment to you for the next year is to stay focused on this task. 
Something I learned many years ago is certainly applicable in this case. Working together, everyone accomplishes more. There it comes. There. Together, everyone accomplishes more. That is, as a team, we can get a lot more done than we can trying to do it individually and so forth. With a committed city council, a dedicated city staff, and engaged residents working as a team, we can rebuild your trust in our local government and restore Indian Wells to a place of respect throughout the Coachella Valley. And I ask that you please notice that I said engaged residents, not enraged residents. Now I ask you to join me in this commitment. Thank you. That was awesome. Um, it really should be the new mayor, but at this point we will recess for 10 minutes as we change places. No, we don't do that today. Just, I don't think. It's not on our agenda. No. I don't know. I'm following this. We'll have to ask the attorney. We're in recess. The mayor of her time can be sworn in at any time. It could be later. We're in recess for 10 minutes. Let's go into men's rooms. Where are you at? Okay, at this time we'll, we will reconvene the City Council, and I'd ask the clerk to uh, call the roll, please. Councilmember Mary Roach. Here. Councilmember Douglas Hansen. Present. Councilmember Patrick Mullaney. Here. Mayor Pro Tem Ty Peabody. Present. Mayor Ted Mertens. Present. Before we move on, um, the question came up about whether or not we swear in the mayor pro tem, and I've decided, because I get to do that now, I guess, that we're going to do that. So, Ty, will you join me over here, please? Okay, you get to raise your hand now because this is official. <laughs> Do you, Ty Peabody, solemnly swear to support the constitutions of the United States and the state of California and the charter of the city of Indian Wells and its laws to uphold the goals 
mission and objectives of the city and to the best of your ability perform the duties of Mayor Pro Tem in the service of the residents of Indian Wells. I do. Congratulations. speech? No, that's okay. Oh, come on. We want a speech. We want a speech. We want a speech. <laughs> well, I'll make it real quick. Uh, as I said about Mary, I'll say the same about Ted. Ted and I ran together against each other in the last election, and I would say 90% of what I would have expected from Ted we've gotten, and, and I appreciate that. And uh, from my perspective, this, this was a lot more than I had anticipated. I've enjoyed the study in part, I've enjoyed the debates, and I will continue to try to do that and look for new ways to do things uh, for the city and, and look forward to working with the council again this next year. Thank you. Thank you, Ty. Now we'll move into public comments, and I'm going to work at trying to make this announcement part of it shorter than it is. Um, those that are wishing to address the city council are asked to fill out a blue comment form and provide it to the city clerk prior to speaking. We ask that you limit your comments to three minutes. Um, you are encouraged to present to the council in writing any thoughts, comments, and supporting documentation that you may have. We would ask that you might do that 24 hours or so in advance of the council meeting so the council has an opportunity to review uh, your documentation. And under the Brown Act, uh, the council uh, should not take action or discuss matters raised during the public comment portion of the agenda, which are not listed on the agenda. Uh, most of those matters would be referred to staff for some uh, response at a future council meeting. So with that, um, I do have several, excuse me, um, what I do. No, um, did you want to do a special thing? After these. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> my watchdogs, it helps a lot. Um, we'll go through these first, and then we do have a special thing. Bob Mitchell. <clears throat> Mayor, uh, Mayor Portem, Council members, staff, guests of Indian Wells, my name is Bob Mitchell. 74812 Village Center Drive in Indian Wells. I've been a resident of the Villas for 17 years and a resident of the city for 25. Um, December 25th is a federal holiday. They call it Christmas. I would like very much for the council to recommend to our receptionist at the head office that she greet those callers who call into this great city. Merry Christmas. It is a federal holiday and it is being attacked and it really gripes me that we are not taking a stand, and be unpolitically correct. So with all of that said, I would like very much to wish all of you, including the audience, a very Merry Christmas. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Uh, David Ramsey. Indian Wells. 
For most of the 23 years I've lived in this city, I have walked dogs, three successive Dobermans, along Fairway Drive. And I have noticed recently that uh, certain things are happening, uh, that there is a line of traffic. I walk there between quarter to seven and quarter past. There is now a line of trucks waiting admittance to uh, El Dorado Golf Club for construction work and part of residence. That is perfectly all right. The, the, fact, the problem is the time it takes and that this line stretches all the way along fairway at least sometimes as far as Williams. In fact, yesterday morning there were 36 trucks awaiting admission. There is on the south side of fairway, as you know, a track for pedestrians and cyclists. And we often find ourselves pushed off into the road, possibly in the way of traffic. We're also subjected to an uncommon blast of emissions. I believe that this is unnecessary and that something could be done by the city working together with the El Dorado Club to see how this could be minimized. I have seen two near accidents and I'm aware of another one. I'm aware that what makes this worse is that there are trucks that come from the east, I along a long, long fairway heading west, and then try to make a U-turn, which is impossible because the road is not wide enough. They do this very often in the face of, un of ongoing traffic, and on one occasion, one of my fellow dog walkers has told me the guy who was forced off his bicycle landed heavily on the ground. It's thought this is an accident waiting to happen, an accident that is unnecessary and with good thought and good planning. I am reminded, Mr. Mayor, that one of your predecessors, Michael Landis, is a resident in, in El Dorado, and perhaps he should be brought in to help as he could represent both sides in this. I believe that it, this is an occasion that could be settled by uh, an examination that needs to be handled by the city in cooperation with the management of the El Dorado. It has possibly gone along on as long as it has, because all this happens at 7 o'clock in the morning when the top management is not around. Possibly they are not aware of it. They need to be made aware of it so that we can continue to enjoy ourselves walking along the road without any risk to ourselves or to anyone else. As I, said, as I will say once again, uh, if we don't do anything, it is almost certain to be an accident. So could I thank you, remind you of one thing? We're approaching Christmas time, and Winston Churchill used to have a little bowl on his desk when he was Prime Minister in the war, and it was full of little tags, and little tags all said, action this day. And I would suggest to you that if that was good enough for Winston Churchill, it might be good enough for us. Thank you. Thank you, David. Curtis Watkins. Council members, mayor, city staff, my name is Curtis Watkins. <clears throat> Must admit I'm a little nervous today. I don't know why, but uh, what I want to talk to the audience and the staff and the city council is a pretty timely uh, thing. In this morning's sports page, there's a very large article regarding Venus Williams. And if 
If you haven't seen this, I would suggest that you pick up a copy and read it. She takes a very high road with respect to what happened in 2001 when the Williams family were subjected to some pretty boorish behavior by the audience at the BNP Paribas. I've been working in the last year behind the scenes trying to get the Williams sisters back to the BNP Paribas. Uh, I've asked Mayor Roach to bring uh, up the subject of possibly giving the Williams family an official letter of apology from the city of Indian Wells uh, because I don't feel there is a statute of limitations on issuing an apology. I think it would go very far in having these people come back. Everyone be, would be a winner here, uh, especially the BNP Paribas and Southern California. Uh, I've been in touch on a, a number of occasions with Mr. Ray Moore, who is the CEO of the BNP Paribas, and I've tried to get a means by which to contact Richard Williams, and I've even gone so far as to tell him that because I did not want to be perceived as an agent uh, for the city of Indian Wells, that should I make contact with Mr. Williams, that I would, on my own dime, fly to Florida and try to convince him to allow his daughters to play here at the BNP Paribas again. Uh, I have not received any satisfaction from either of my requests, which I feel is pretty sad. Uh, with that, I would, I would really like to see this council and this mayor please issue a, a formal letter of apology to the Williams family for the behavior that the citizens, not just Indian Wells, but all of the people that, that were at the BNP Paribas in 19, uh, in 2001, excuse me. Uh, that, that's all I have. Thank you, Curtis. Let me just correct one thing that you said, just for the record, to be sure that it's clear. Uh, Mr. Moore is the CEO of the Tennis Gardens, not the BNP Paribas. Okay. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay. Now, again, I'm going to take a quick license to do something a little out of the ordinary um, and ask Mr. Windsor if he'd join me up here on the platform. As, as many of you may know, Mr. Windsor has decided to embark on a well-earned retirement. In fact, this will be his last uh, council meeting with us. Uh, he's going on a little vacation, and he's coming back to work the last few days of the month before he leaves us. His official retirement date is April 15th. April 15th. So tax day. Is there, is there some implication to that, maybe? Birthday. Birthday. Okay. Um, I'm going to read this because, Mel, as most of you know, Mel has done so much in this city if I didn't read it, we'd be here for hours just recounting all that he's done. So now we'll be leaving the city this month after almost 24 years of service. He started with us 
in April 1990 as our personnel manager, and his duties have grown ever since. Indeed, Mel is now our go-to person. He oversees animal control, emergency management, fire and police services, personnel, risk management, workers' compensation, and solid waste services, just to name a few. What does Wade do? <laughs> Mel has tackled every issue we've asked of him. Twice he has stepped in as acting city manager to keep the city running smoothly. A couple of times he has been acting public works director and has filled in at a variety of positions to keep the city sound. His experience and flexibility have been absolutely invaluable. Mel has worked extensively with the Riverside County Sheriff's Department and Cal Fire Department, making sure the city's commitment to its residents is the highest priority. His commitment to our residents is 24-7, and he cares, and I can attest to that. We get emails from Mel at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning about things that are going on and so forth, so he's, he is there all the time. Mel's dedicated service and devotion to duty over these many years deserve special recognition, and we wish to extend our sincere appreciation and gratitude to Mel on behalf of the city and the citizens of Indian Wells. Mel will be missed both professionally and as a friend to all of us, and we extend our very best wishes for continued success in his future pursuits, and we know we'll see you back here again before your official retirement date. Mel, thank you so much for all you've done. I always wanted a standing O. <laughs> okay, sit down, McCarthy. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, it's it's just been uh, it's been a great ride. Uh, wonderful wave. Uh, enjoyed every bit of it. Uh, yeah, I started as an administrative assistant and uh, worked my way up to where I was first one in, last one out, and uh, I've gotten to do. A lot of great things. I've been to Ziwat Neho. I've uh, been on uh, the Bonham Richard. I've just done some incredible things. Uh, it's just been an amazing career. Thank you, City Council. I've worked for just the most amazing people. Uh, I've been witness to seeing uh, problems that have been solved um, that uh, just mind-boggling. I just thank you for all of that. Uh, there's a lot about this job that I'm going to miss. There's some things to this job that I won't miss, but I definitely will miss the employees, and they're all great friends. Um, the department heads here are amazing, and uh, I'd be in a foxhole with any of them. That's what makes this city so successful is, is the employees that are here, and uh, I really, truly appreciate that. Thank you to my wife and my family for putting up with all the phone calls in the middle of the night, and thank you very much. Do we have any response to prior public comments? No. no we none, then we'll move on to item 10, public hearings. Anyone who challenges any hearing matter in court may be limited to raising only those issues he or she or someone else raised at the public hearing described herein or in written correspondence delivered to the city council at or prior to the public hearing. Um, item 10A, building code update, uh, Warren. Mayor and members of the city council, you may recall that um, I did a full presentation on November 7th during the ordinance introduction. Uh, 
Simply the next step for you to do is to open the public hearing, take public testimony, and then act on the item for adoption of the ordinance at this time. Thank you. Any questions of Warren? There being none, we'll open the public hearing at this time. Are any comments? I didn't get any blue slips, but anybody in the public? Any comments? Seeing none, we'll close the public hearing and bring it back to council for action. Move to adopt. Second. There's a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? We don't have to do roll call vote yet, right? That starts next month. <laughs> next month, on every action we take, we're going to have to do roll call votes. So, uh, so that matter is adopted. Yeah. Um, item 11, ordinances for adoption. Again, Mayor, sorry about that. This is just a second reading. It's re-adoption, so you just time to act on the item. This is an ordinance that was adopted before. This is an ordinance for the 2008-2014 housing element update. We did adopt it before, but because there was an issue with publication? Correct. I can go into more detail. Yes, there was an issue with the newspaper. We sent it out. Uh, there was no <coughs> clarification. There was a glitch in accepting the email from Anna. So we found out that they did not accept it, so we have to readopt the, the item. Okay, for timely publishing, right? Correct. Any questions? Entertain a motion? Move approval. Second. Moved and seconded. We adopt ordinance. What's the ordinance number? What should be on there? Anyway, it's the ordinance for the 2008-2014 housing element update. Um, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? None. Consent calendar. All matters listed on the consent calendar are considered to be routine and will be enacted by one vote. There will be no separate discussion of these items unless members of the City Council or audience request that specific items be removed from the uh, consent calendar for separate discussion and action. Again, if you wish to address the Council, you were asked to fill out a blue comment form. Financial matters are indicated as either budgeted or non-budgeted uh, in the agenda. Anybody from Council desire to move, remove an item? No. Being none, anybody from the public? Okay, entertain a motion to approve the consent calendar. Move to approve. Second. It's been moved and seconded. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Uh, we'll hold the vote open until Mr. Hansen returns. And we'll move on then to agenda item 13, general business. Here he comes. Affirmative. <laughs> Mr. Hansen votes affirmative. Uh, 13A, annual auditor's report. Kevin. Uh, thank you, Honorable Mayor and members of the City Council. Uh, the City Council has engaged the uh, audit firm of Lance, Soul and Lungard to perform the annual audit and, of course, prepare the annual financial report. Uh, Lance, Soul and Lungard reports directly to the Finance Committee uh, during the audit uh, at the beginning and, of course, uh, at the end of the audit, uh, we uh, meet with the Finance Committee uh, to present uh, any findings and what issues were uncovered during the audit. Uh, the Finance Committee has approved uh, the audit presentation today uh, for your consideration. Uh, with Lance Solon Lungard is Rich Kikuchi, is our partner, and he will present the audit to the City Council. Thank you very much. Good afternoon, Honorable Mayor and members of the City Council. My name is Rich Kikuchi, and I'm a partner with LSL CPAs, your auditors, and I'm here today to uh, present to you formally your 2013 audited financial statements along with uh, 
Kevin in the finance department. Um, LSL has been engaged to perform a financial audit of the city as well as to assist in preparing uh, your comprehensive annual financial report known as your audited financial statements. And towards that end, um, we do a lot of analysis on, on your account balances and your general ledger. And also, we assess internal controls here at the city. And those internal controls are those policies and procedures set in place in order to uh, correct and detect any material, er material errors in your financial reporting system and also to safeguard the assets of the city. And we spend a lot of hours actually doing all of that. Um, we do our interim audit in the month of May, and at that time we really center upon uh, our assessment of the internal controls here at the city. And at that time we do a lot of planning. We actually have extensive planning at the office even before we even get here. And once we arrive, um, with a lot of discussions with various uh, people within the city. A lot of documentation uh, goes along with that. And uh, we assess all your major internal control systems, especially in, in, uh, in regards to uh, payroll and disbursements, uh, cash and investments and the like. Uh, we had, uh, uh, that took place in the month of May and I had about three or four of my staff here for about a week doing that. And we're doing that in order to get prepared for our year-end audit, which is when we uh, spend most of our time doing a, a detailed account analysis and actually work with the finance department in putting together your audited financial statements. And we came out in the month of August, and um, we did tests such as um, we uh, reviewing your cash and investments. And uh, I think I've mentioned this before, but you know we'll send out confirmations uh, to your outstanding to your uh, outside banking institutions just to verify account balances, do uh, uh, various types of analytical, uh, analytical procedures, uh, making sure uh, that revenues and expenses are, are recorded in the proper accounting period. Uh, a lot of task work goes into that in order that we might put together this comprehensive annual financial report. And I believe you all got a copy of that, uh, electronic version, I know. Um, and that pretty much is in three sections. It's the introductory section. Uh, there's that transmittal letter, kind of a, you know, just kind of a snapshot of what's going on at the city. And then it goes into the financial section, which starts with the auditor's report. Then you have your management's discussion and analysis, which is, is a little bit more involved. It kind of narratively discusses the highlights, uh, what's going on in the city, budget, and what's coming up around the future. Um, then we go into our, our statements, we got our footnotes, and then we wind it up with our statistical section. As I mentioned, we spend a lot of time assessing the internal controls, a lot of time uh, analyzing those accounts, and we do that in order that um, our firm would render an opinion on those financial statements that we feel that they are materially correct. And so uh, we have issued uh, an unqualified opinion. Actually, this year, they actually changed the terminology. Now it's going to be called an unmodified opinion, but it really is the same thing. And so it's basically giving you a clean opinion on those financial statements. Also, um, in, re in addition to that audited financial statement, every year we issue two separate communication letters to you. And uh, the first one is the internal control letter, and the second one is the auditor's communication letter. Uh, the 
the SAS-115 or the uh, internal control letter. In there we would discuss and we re would report to you since the firm reports to the governing board. Uh, if we saw any significant deficiencies or material weaknesses in the internal control system, we would report that to you. I'm happy to announce that, you know, everything looks sound. There were no uh, areas that we felt that we needed to report to you. So there are no material weaknesses, no significant deficiencies. The auditor's communication letter, that's a little bit longer. It talks about things if we had significant audit findings, which we did not. If we had any dif uh, difficulties during the audit or disagreements, we would note that to you. Um, one thing in there we talked un under uh, uh, other communications about new accounting standards. Actually, this year, um, the uh, GASB 65 was actually implemented. I'm not sure if you recognize that when you look through the uh, audited financial statements. It's not a big deal, but now the, the primary statement, the first statement, is now called the statement of net position rather than statement of net assets. So net assets is kind of a, you know, it's all history. It's now net position moving forward. So not a big deal, but that's uh, a part of that. I mentioned, I think, last time I was here that uh, the big one that's coming up is going to be in a couple years in 2015, GASB 68, and that's when the, uh, pension the unfunded pension liability will be reported actually on that statement of net position. So we got a couple years towards that end, but we'll be working with the finance department making sure that that all gets implemented properly. You know, there's a, a lot of effort that goes into this, this CAFR, not just with myself and my staff, but also with Kevin and his staff. And it's all because, uh, you know, we want things reported correctly. And also the city applies uh, for the annual GFOA awards program, the uh, report uh, the award for excellence in financial reporting, and I'm happy to announce that they received it again this last year. So all that hard work was, you know, paid off. And so, uh, so that's why we, you know, we 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 uh, dot all our I's and cross all our T's as far as the uh, all the requirements of that of that financial report because it's it's reviewed by a technical technical committee, and it needs to be in accordance with uh, proper accounting standards. So. In a nutshell, uh, LSL has been engaged to perform a financial audit and, and, rent, and render an opinion on those financials, and it was an unmodified opinion. We issued those two letters, uh, basically uh, clean bill of health. Uh, I, I do have to say that um, you know it's, it's such a pleasure working with Kevin and his staff. They're, they're so, and I know you know working with Kevin that he's so diligent and, and just has such high standards and what he does, and so that really makes for a good audit. And so I, I just want to say thank you, Kevin, for that. And so it was another successful year. Also, I, I, it's been a pleasure working with Mr. Peabody and Mr. Hansen, meeting uh, during uh, the finance committee meetings. We meet a couple times a year. You know, the, the firm, uh, we specialize in the audits of cities. We audit over 60 cities throughout the state, but it's only a small percentage where the finance committee actually wants to meet with the auditor and the way you're supposed to do it. And so I think that's a testament to the city of wanting to do things right. And uh, so, again, thank you for that. Thank you. Any questions? I, uh, not, not necessarily a, a question, but, well, sort of a question. You, you didn't find the McCarthy slush fund in your audit, I no, guess. No, I'll keep looking, though. Now, yeah. uh, 
<laughs> no, I, I wanted to point out uh, that uh, in addition to everything you said today, and one of the things uh, that, uh, that we have done this year that we had not in the past is we've started, started a much more thorough audit of our uh, number one revenue source in the city, uh, Indian Wells Golf Resort. And we have, uh, the Finance Committee has recommended uh, a few things for your uh, audit process. You've done that, and we're taking a much closer look at our operations and how we can improve the auditing process over there. And it's important uh, for our residents to know the watchful eye that we have over the operations of the Indian Wells Golf Resort. Yes. Patrick? The question that I would have, because of your experience in auditing numerous cities throughout the state of California, if you were to rank order, uh, let's say 10 was the best and zero was the worst, uh, where would you possibly put the city of Indian Wells on that scale? In regards to uh, financial operations or financial results or? Financial operations. Say ten. Just uh, it's really an outstanding group. Um, you know, I have an array of different levels of competency in my clients. You know, and uh, Kevin is very diligent and and wants to do things right. And you know, we have a lot of discussions on accounting theory and doing things the right way. And so it, it really is done the way it should be done. And so uh, yeah, I'll give you a ten. Well, it's very good for us to hear that from an independent source. We always are careful of Kevin. We cross the street with him so a bus doesn't hit him. Because if a bus hits him, we're in deep trouble. Now you better take care of that guy. Okay, yeah. thank you. <laughs> Mary, Ty? Nothing else. I'd only comment that uh, based on your comments and your findings, uh, it's just further testament to the fine work that Kevin and his staff do for us. So thank you, Kevin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> staff recommendation is received and filed. We, we don't need a motion. No, we just received and filed. Thank you. Thank you. 13B, Resident Committee Reestablishment. Mr. City Manager. Mayor, if, if I may interject at this point. You know, there's been a lot of discussion about uh, committees and committee assignments, and, and we're going to be dealing with that issue uh, at our next city council meeting uh, on the 19th, and whether or not we're going to stay with the ones that we've got today or not. Uh, uh, obviously, to if the camp, let's let's delay this issue so that we can handle all of that at one time, if it's the pleasure of the council. I think it, it would give us an opportunity at that point to address everything, deal with these issues that we're dealing with today, and decide exactly how we're going to handle uh, those committees going forward, if that's okay. And with that, I would offer a motion that we move this item to the next meeting. Um, the one problem that I would see with it, and it may have to go to the city manager or the city attorney, is that we need to do part of what's done here to know how many uh, city council members are going to sit on a committee. That's part of this new resolution because we can't make a decision 
next meeting when we assign council uh, responsibility for committees if we don't know how many persons on two of the committees, I believe, or four of the committees we've changed to one council member versus two council members. We could. And we needed to do that so that next, at our next study session, staff can be prepared with the number of uh, assignments that council has to uh, select for themselves for the coming year. So to postpone that, uh, I don't see how we can go forward with the council uh, committee assignments until we do this step. I, if I may, uh, and Mr. Peabody has his, his hand up, but, but I think we can deal with this issue in the beginning so that we get a determination exactly how we're going to handle all of those, number one. Number two, actually, uh, one of the committees uh, that we had previously discussed was left off of this and has to be dealt with as well. And we can combine all of that, deal with it first before we go into the draft process, uh, and then uh, at that point know exactly how we're going to handle it. it, it uh, city manager, I mean, that is possible to do, is it not? Yes, sir. Uh, so we could we could do that then, Mary, and then. What would be your rationale for not doing it today? I think uh, the rationale for not doing it today is that when we are in that study session and we deal with all the issues, which will give them time to add the additional committee into the process. That way, uh, we can deal with it all at once because there may be other issues that come up at that time as a result of how we go about appointing uh, or selecting our committees. If other issues come up, we can deal with those at that time. The committee that was left off doesn't change, I don't believe. Well, I, I, I just think it would be better, uh, and, and that's which is why I, there's a motion on the floor. There's, there's no second yet. And there's no second. Well, let me, let me speak to it first, and then I'll... Um, I think... The reason is that there's been discussion that possibly we would keep the same committees for the next year with the same people on those committees. So if that were the case, if that were the vote of the council, doing the other part of that wouldn't even would become a mute decision because um, if everybody's going to stay in the same committees, if everybody agrees to that, then there would be no, that would not be part of the discussion at that point. So I think... I think the thing to do is to have the discussion first with the council of whether we want to have the, the same council members on the same committees for next year. If the, answer, if the decision is no, then we have to go through the process of picking the committees. Then you'd have to decide whether you go to one or two. But if you're going to keep the committees the same, you'd stay with two, I would assume. So Except that, we've already made that vote. Well. No, it's in it's in here for vote for vote today. That's why I would second the motion because I do believe that that if we're going to stay with the same committees, then that then that wouldn't apply. So all I'm saying is that I think we ought to decide next time are we going to stay with the same committees? If we are, and I have no problem with that, then we need to then we don't need to address that issue. Well, I'm sorry, but so what you're saying is that the study session where we discussed all this, and it was a three to two vote, the two of you that um, 
didn't choose to go along with moving the council to one are trying to, to you want to rediscuss that council decision um, and bring it back, even though council did vote, and yes, it has to be formally done here, but it was a three to two vote to do what is brought for, forward today. Um, and I don't know. I, we've got two people who haven't spoken to it. That Patrick, go ahead, Patrick. Well, the only concern that I have in, in just re-upping everybody is that when you become mayor, and actually some aspects of mayor pro tem, there are committees that you're going to be on that you normally would not be on before you become a mayor. And so I, I think there's a mechanical problem that we really are compelled to do today what's being asked to be done so that when we go into the study session, we sit down and we choose committees like we always did. Well, that, 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 that's fine with me, except I think for clarification purposes, uh, given that, the, that Mary has said what she did, the, as I understood it, the vote that was taken at the last committee was not a, it was a vote to put the issue on the agenda for today and that the resolution has to be, uh, was placed on the agenda today for passing of the resolution which changes that. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes, sir. Okay, so that's, that's the reason, Mary, that it was done the way it was, not quite the way you described it, if I can. But, so. but the reason why we have to do this is to proceed with what we decided and approved uh, last week. Yeah, that's why I say just delay it uh, uh, two weeks till the next meeting and you can deal with it at that time. And you, you deal with all of the issues at the same time. But what are you dealing with? This plus how are we going to handle the, the draft system going forward as it relates to the committees. And what uh, Mr. Peabody said is, is, are we going to keep it like it is? Are we going to, uh, are we, people going to remain on the same committees uh, that they're on or are they not? If they're not, then the committee makeup from from my perspective is certainly something that we should discuss um, I believe that there's a great deal of merit to considering and uh, continuing uh, for at least more than a year on, on a membership on most of these committees and, and there are, I won't go into all the reasons now but um, you know there are several very good reasons I think why we might want to consider that um, I, I I don't know. We took an action at the at the study session to to change the council member assignment to the resident committees. At that time, we identified four. Um, and Mr. Hansen is now suggesting there's a fifth, I believe. No, I, no. Actually, there's four. But but today's item only deals with three. Okay. All right. Um, and that that action that we took by a three-two vote was to change the the current policy and procedure of having two council members uh, sit on each of the resident committees to having one and an alternate. Um, and we did uh, ad adopt that uh, by affirmative vote. But then that has to come back, Mr. City Attorney, in form of a resolution in order to be effective. Is that correct? Correct. correct. Is, it, is it possible 
having taken that vote, to do what Mr. Hansen suggests and move forward, but continue this till the next study session, discuss it on the basis that that was the action of the council, although it hasn't been ratified by a resolution, and begin our discussion based on that, predicated on the fact that the council did vote to, to sign one. Can we do that? Um, two things to say. One is you have the option of uh, continuing these three resolutions and adding the fourth at the beginning of the next meeting, a special meeting two weeks from today. Uh, also, you're not bound by whatever decisions you made in the study session until the final resolution is adopted. So if anybody has a change of heart since the study session, that is not a motion to reconsider. That is simply a, a standard procedure to go to resolution and have a final vote uh, on the resolution. If the resolution for any reason varies from what the results of the earlier study session were, that's permissible. And that would then come back at a subsequent meeting for adoption because we probably wouldn't be able to be prepared for that afternoon, right? Well, it depends. I mean, it depends how simple uh, any change to the proposed resolution is. We could, I've, I've been known to quickly <laughs> write, write in the middle of a meeting and then have you consider the language I propose. Yeah, the thing that I'm concerned about, Steve, if there was a decision by the council to stay with the committees that we all have, you, you would probably vote on that before, because if that vote lost, then you would vote on the one person on each committee. So I'm assuming that probably in order you would first see if everybody has the appetite to stay on the same committees or somebody wants to change the committees. At that point, if the answer was yes, everything would stay the same except the mayor and the mayor pro tem would have to pick up another committee responsibility. And so that's, that's why I'm suggesting when we go through this the next time that we first address the issue that, that, that Ted has said and, and Doug has said that do we want to stay with our same committees? If, if the vote is yes, then we change this to stay where we are for the next year. If the vote is no, then we have to deal with that particular issue. So that's all I'm saying. Patrick. Yeah, there, there's uh, something hiding in the woods mm -hmm. that needs to come out in the open. Yeah. I, I think basically what I'm seeing are the individuals that voted against decreasing uh, the number of council representatives on committees uh, would like to prolong this, where those that <laughs> voted in favor of one council member, I know I'm really being very clear about it, uh, would much rather vote the resolution in today and proceed as we had scheduled that we do the committee selection uh, you know, during that study session coming up. I mean, it's already on the docket for us to do it. Now, can we change it or can't we change it? Obviously, you can change it anything you want, but, but I'm one for basically saying if you follow what a person assigned, a council member assigned to a committee does, what his work responsibility or her work responsibility is, it's to basically observe what goes on and then report back to the council. Bottom line, that's all they're supposed to do. Right. Not supposed to chair the committee, 
not to really supposed to become a major voice in the committee, but is supposed to listen to what's going on and then report back to the council. I quite frankly am in favor of moving forward with the vote today uh, and running it the way we schedule it. Well, if I may. Uh, I'd like to do up. a substitute motion. Well, wait, wait, just let me. Well, I've got the floor now, and if, then you can do you? your substitute motion. Yeah. I just, Mr. Hanson, let Mr. Hanson make a final comment, and then we'll entertain the substitute motion. Okay. Uh, first of all, the, the agenda item as is presented today is incorrect. It doesn't cover all of the committees that was supposed to have been included in uh, in the process, if you will, okay? And, and the reason that I suggested what I did is nothing sinister. It doesn't change the fact that you can go to one council member uh, on all the committees if the council so chooses that. The only, my only reason in doing it is that there has been some discussion uh, that the possibility exists that you would not change the committees. If you're not going to change the committees, you're only delaying it two weeks, you're still going to be able to get your voice heard and your vote counted at that time. And so, uh, but, but you collectively bring it all together. Having said that though, I mean, we know that the reason, or at least I strongly believe that the reason that it was even presented in the first time, at the first point, was a, a political issue, and I've, I've discussed that, I've said that. So, but have, setting that aside, the issue is what we should be doing today with this issue, and I thought that by offering the motion that I did, we delay it two weeks, doesn't change anything, the new assignments are not going to be made until then. And if the decision is to leave the committees as they are, as Mr. Peabody said, you would then not need to do anything as it relates to this uh, change in resolutions. But then, in fact, what you would be doing is turning over the vote that we already had taken. Yes. <laughs> the city Substitute motion. Um, the Substitute. staff recommendation, city council adopts the three resolutions. Um, Reestablishing three resident committees with consistent governing policies. That's my substitute motion. Go ahead and vote on that today. Repeat that again. Well, the staff recommendation to um, adopt the resolutions, reestablishing the three resident committees with consistent governing policies. I'll second that. Okay. Um, comment. Uh, what I don't understand, and Patrick, you made it sound like there was an agenda again. Well, he just said there it. is no, there is no oh, agenda. I have no, no agenda. agenda. My agenda is very simple. I would love to see the committees stay as they are. Personally, I think the committees have worked very well. I don't think any city council member tells the committees how to behave. In fact, I think Nancy would verify that that certainly doesn't happen in, in her committee groups. So there is no agenda. The agenda is very simple. If we're going to keep the committees, which I would love to see personally, that is an agenda, 
then we should just table this, vote first on whether we keep the committees the way they are. Because if you vote to go to one person on those four committees, then you have to go through the entire committee process and just and, and everybody will get different committees. And if that's your desire, then, then you can do that. But I think before we do that, we ought to discuss if we want to keep the committees as they are. And that is my agenda. And, and I would agree with that. Well, the other thing is you just said that there's something political that's going on. If, if you would define what political is going on, it might answer the question that we all have. You're the one who brought it up. Mr. City Manager. Mayor and Council. Call the question. We have to, we have to take that first if the question has been called. Mm -hmm. So there's a motion on the floor and it's seconded to adopt the staff recommendations uh, for the four resolution bills that are before us. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? No. No. Okay. So that takes us back to the original motion. And Mr. City Manager, you had a comment. Yes, Mr. Mayor, uh, and perhaps I've created part of this confusion. Uh, in preparation for uh, our celebratory council meeting today um, in the change <laughs> of the guards, um, I talked with all of you or most of you um, and with our staff and citizens in preparing a variety of, of comments for each of you um, in, in talking about how well uh, we did this year. And uh, in that review, uh, I think I mentioned to several of you that we moved the ball forward. Um, Indian Wells had a very successful year. You guys did an exceptionally good job of governing and running uh, the city. And that perhaps as we move into this next council meeting, we should think about that for a second before we modify the committees. The committees are working. Um, it's certain uh, that you, we know that um, uh, some continuity between committees, uh, certainly in things like RCTC and those outside committees, but frankly, even uh, with the uh, Miles Crossing and the Tennis Garden committees, you've had giant leaps forward. And so I had suggested to a variety of people, maybe we ought to just take a powder and keep the committees as they are. So I, I, I think I... I share in starting this little wildfire unintentionally, um, but as I looked at what our progress had been, I was just thinking, wow, if we shuffle the committees at this point, maybe that's not as big of a positive. Um, I had not considered the change from two to one um, in this uh, because I was thinking primarily of the other committees, uh, but I guess that that, that argument flows. So. Whether there's three or four committees, we would, you know, we would intend if you approve this or disapprove this today, it should have been four committees, and I apologize for that, and we would bring that back, the one or all four, at your next meeting. But I think that discussion, and maybe you can't have it today, or maybe you can have it today because you all know which committees you are on, um, the, the list you might want to look through and decide if that is something that you can deal with, um, or or even if you um, went to one member on the committees, can you have agreement as to who that person is? I, that was my only uh, 
comment, and so I, I probably started the, this wildfire, and I didn't didn't intend to. Well, and, and May it's I say quite something. Uh, I just asked him. He, he said, "I'll go first, and then uh, as acknowledged, Always. parliamentary question uh, for, mar for the parliamentarian. Given that the vote was taken, and the existing resolution was turned down, is there necessity?" to deal with the original motion of delaying the item since the item was defeated in the substitute motion? I think so, and that's because uh, your motion was specific to bring it back at the next meeting. Okay. That's a direction to staff to bring it back at a certain time. But, but, but the item was defeated uh, in, in the vote for today, so it's no longer an issue. Not today. Therefore, therefore, I can pull my motion to delay one week because it was voted on and turned down. You can pull that motion, and it, it does leave open the opportunity, if anybody wishes to make a motion, to direct staff <laughs> to do something. For example, bring it back at the next meeting is the first item on the agenda. Okay. Well, then, then we might as well leave my motion That's stand, I, I, and we bring it back at the next meeting as the first item, do we want the what? first item or do we want to make that, just bring it back and let staff bring determine back. where they want to put it? And, and I think probably that's the best. So we'll leave my motion and then call the question. Uh, just before we call the question, please. Yeah. I'd please. like to hear from Mrs. Roach and then briefly from Mr. Mullaney. I have a very brief comment and then we'll vote. Thank you. Yeah. Um, this is, this is very interesting. I have to agree with an awful lot of what Mr. Mullaney said. This is, uh, it's interesting when we have a vote uh, to move forward and when there are dissenters who um, try and um, re rediscuss and convince other people to change their vote so that they can um, uh, have it their way. I'm, I'm just looking at my own committees. Uh, when I'm mayor, uh, in this time and every time previously, I've tried to take a, a lighter load because as mayor you have so much responsibility. So when you step into the mayor job, I purposely keep a lighter load, but I'm looking at this CVAG executive committee as one of mine. will not be mine next year. It will be the mayor's. Um, Indian Wells personnel committee is always the mayor and the mayor pro tem, so there are two of my committees gone. Uh, so uh, the decision to try and keep the committees, there's validity. There's no question. When I came on council, the committees always stayed the same. And for uh, a person to be able to rotate into a more, what would be considered a more prestigious or more valuable committee was very, very limited. Uh, and at that time, um, it, the mayor made the decision, pretty much, and you, um, the new people got the dregs, and you never got to rotate into any of the CVAG committees or anything else. And that changed right when Patrick came on, and Patrick was able to move, we went to the draft, set, the draft uh, policy so that there could be some rotation. On the other hand, there is validity tremendous validity in continuity. There's no question that continuity is very important. But what I have seen since we went to the draft situation 
is at least half the committees stay the same anyhow. The people who, who um, are on the committee want to keep it, and you brought up the uh, RCTC. Believe me, no one's going to take that away from Mr. Hansen. Uh, Patrick and I have both served on it, and we're both thankful that Mr. Hansen wants to do it. Um, I purposely last time said to myself, uh, the Miles uh, Crossing and the, um, um, the Tennis Garden should be our two new members who are going to be around for four years rather than somebody who's only going to be around for a couple years so that there is continuity. The continuity happens naturally because of our selection process, but to determine now, after the council's made a decision, yes, it isn't ratified because it has to go through the process of, of getting the resolution in place, um, to come back and try and finesse to keep all of the same committees at the detriment in some ways of other council members or situations um, because you want to hold on to um, and what has worked well, there's no question. But the fact of the matter is it, it tends to work well anyhow because the committees where you get a foothold you, um, you stay in. On the other hand, it does give other council members an opportunity to work in other areas. And as I say, I took a very light load this year, and I'd be happy to take a light load next year. But to determine that it's going to be exactly the same and that we're going to have, uh, we're going to circumvent the majority vote that we took last time to make the citizen committees citizen committees. That's why we formed those citizen committees, was so that five citizens could be selected to be an advisory group to the city council. When you have two city council members sitting there, um, particularly when they sometimes speak too often or, or give too much of their own pressure, you've, are, you've got two, almost a majority of a council making a decision in committee before it comes to, before it comes to council. And I find that um, hard. This year we had some problems before you came, Wade, with, with uh, what was going on with the uh, golf resort because certain things happened in committee and, and the council was really out of it. Uh, and you had two committee members who, were, who, were, um, who understood the process, who had gone through the process and brought it forward but the rest of the council wasn't given all the background and didn't have the same kind of, of, of uh, situation. So there are problems with having a citizen committee that's meant to advise the five people. And the five people should get the information at the same time, which I've heard Councilman Member Hansen say many, many times. We all should get it at the same time and be able to discuss it openly together. When two members are on a committee and have made pre-decisions before they come to council, it skews the decision-making process. So I, to me, that's why I voted to go down to one person and why not only do we, in this resolution, have we moved it from one council member to another, but we have clearly, and that was part of developing the resolutions, was clearly delineated the fact that the council member 
is only there as a liaison between that committee and the council to bring, uh, help keep, um, help um, the committee understand possibly things they don't understand that are, that are restrictions that the council understands that they don't understand and then bring it to the full council for discussion. And if we keep it the same, I'm fearful that um, a couple of those issues that I brought up will, won't be addressed. Anyway, that's all I have to say. Thank you, Mary. Mary. Um, Patrick? I'll be brief. Um, one of the other things, and I know there'll be some that will say this is very self-serving, but at times I enjoy saying things that are very self-serving. But I'm the one here <laughs> who has seniority, okay? In, in the exercise that we go th through for selecting committees, it's done by seniority. And this is going to be a joke, this part. But for years, as I've been sitting here for eight years, I tried to get on the Jacqueline Cochran Regional Airport Commission. And Larry Spicer has seniority <laughs> on me, and he bucked me every time. So that's a joke, Larry. I, I don't even know where that is. Uh, but the point that I'm making is that I've been on basically every committee in, in the eight years uh, that I've been here, and quite honestly, you know, I don't know if I want to be on energy uh, for another year because it's one of the most boring committees in the world. You know, so I might want to get some committee that really is going to stimulate me to uh, be cheerful for 12 months. And I think, quite honestly, we've shot seniority right through the eyes in the last year. And honestly, I think uh, by everyone saying, oh, we'll go take the same committees we have, is just a shortcut to make it easy on ourselves. And each of us should be put in a spot where we pick, we prioritize ourselves, and we pick the committee. Thank you. Uh, I'll make a comment, and I'll recognize your point of privilege, Mr. Hanson. Um, in my voting to bring this back and reconsider it, uh, not reconsider this, but to, to look at the committee structure again at the next meeting, is for a lot of the reasons that have been expressed here by all my fellow council members, not the least of which is I do believe there's some significant advantage, particularly in the ad hoc committees, particularly in the CVAG uh, Transportation Committee in those areas where ongoing representation is, is really essential for the, uh, the city to recognize true benefit from our participation in these committees. Um, my hope was that we could, we could truly embrace the team concept and discuss this from the standpoint of we, we agreed last time to have one council member being the designated person representative and one as an alternate to the, to the citizen committees. My belief, my honest belief was, if we embrace again the team concept, was that we could sit down as a council and look at those committees now and, and keep the same people on them if, if they're willing to serve, but identify 
the one who would be the designated representative and identify the other as the alternate. alternate. Um, and then, as Mr. Mullaney has said, there are a number of these other committees that perhaps you've served on them for a couple of years and you'd like to make a change. Okay, put those out on the table. We can, we can all talk about it, and I think we can come to some reasonable decisions and make some selections based on that. That was my, my whole reason for wanting to bring this back and, and to discuss it further, uh, see if we couldn't get to that point. So, Mr. Hanson. Uh, thank you, uh, Mayor Mertensen. And I wouldn't disagree with anything you said, but I do have to take issue with what Mary Roach had to say. Number one, the, 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 the uh, suggestion and the motion that I made to delay this till next week has nothing to do with going from two members to one member. Now, the action, if the action that was taken at the last committee meeting was try to prevent input by a council member at a committee meeting, you failed because you cannot stop a council member from going to a committee meeting when there is only two council members on that committee, whether he's a, a permanent or an alternate, and voicing his opinion at the committee meeting. So if your purpose was to prevent input by a council member at a committee meeting, you failed because it won't work, okay? Because I assure you, if there, if there is a one committee member who's a council member goes to the committee and a second one shows up, he can say anything he wants to at any time, okay? So you failed in that. Uh, and which, which is why I said that it was a political issue, because obviously, if you're trying to die, deny input and access to a committee by limiting it from two to one from two, then obviously there is some political reason to do that, because there's no rationale behind it. You haven't changed the process. You haven't changed the ability of a council member from going to a, a committee and, and expressing themselves. But today's action by me in putting forth the, uh, the motion uh, was so that it, the, the issue could be addressed uh, completely at, at, the, at the next meeting. It had nothing to do with going from two to one. Okay. Thank you. With and that, I will call the question. There's a motion on the floor. The question's been called. All in favor of the you, you want to restate the motion, Madam Clerk, please? It was to move the item to December 19th, a study session. To the study session. And if we can finish it up at the study session, it would come back and form the resolution for the afternoon. Is that correct? Right. All right. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Aye. No. no. Three to two. Motion passes. So I only ask that you all put on your team hats. And come, <laughs> come prepared to work because we will get through this. Thank you. Um, city manager's report. I have no idea. No report. No report. Council member reports and comments. Council member Roach. No report. Council member Hanson. Yes, a couple things. Uh, first of all, um, I do sit on the RCTC uh, commission, the Riverside County Transportation Commission, and I sat as part of that. I sat on the Budget and Implementation Committee, and I would like to say that. The uh, Budget and Implementation Committee uh, approved uh, the city's request and is sending that up to the RCTC meeting uh, next Wednesday uh, to deal with a uh, STIP grant 
to uh, do an, uh, to uh, help in the financing of the overlay um, of uh, Cook between Highway 111 and Fred Waring. And I think it's important to note that that uh, when when the funds be originally became available and they were transitioning people in the city, uh, that sort of that opportunity sort of fell in the cracks. And uh, by my being on that committee, having served on it a couple of years, uh, I immediately picked up on that and got a hold of Kevin McCarthy. Who then uh, made the uh, got with Ken after he came on board and made that application, and we were able to get those funds. And I think it's those are the kind of important issues. Also, uh, uh, the the issue of CV Link. Uh, I said on the transportation committee of CVAG. I think everyone is aware of the proposed uh, bicycle uh, electric cart path in the Coachella Valley. It's, in, it's important that each of you as residents of Indian Wells express yourself. They're taking public opinion now uh, on, on that as part of the environmental impact report. Uh, there are, there's a website. Please go on the website. Express your uh, opinion as it, as it relates to that. Um, I, I think uh, we'll leave... We'll leave it at that. Um, I don't think we need to report on anything else. Thank you very much. Thank you. Councilmember Mullaney. Nothing to report. Mayor Pro Tem Peabody. Just one quick one. Uh, Monday night we had the uh, Indian Wells at the Living Desert. And I'm Tuesday, excuse me. And I bring it up for, for because I am very concerned about how the numbers worked out. And it's something that I think the Activities Committee this year will have to address. They had originally 700 people wanted to go and were accepted and were entitled to go. 103 canceled by either email or by telephone, which brought it down to 597. We had a 300-person waiting list. And what is really sad to me is that 447 showed up, which meant and did not call, did not cancel their reservation. And this is extremely unfair to those that were on the waiting list. So I'm going to recommend to the Activities Committee that they come up with a plan that there has to be some sort of a penalty, a charge, something that says, if you don't go and you don't call, we're going to have to charge $20, whatever the number is, but it is, it is very disappointing to see 300 people that couldn't go because 100 and some odd didn't even call to tell the city they weren't going. And I think that's unfortunate because it's a great event, and if, if they don't want to go, they shouldn't have made the reservation. Second of all, if they weren't going to go, they should have called so that Nancy could have invited some of the 300 that couldn't go. So I bring that up just, to, just as a thing. Thank you. Thank you. And that is uh, an important point. And I was there Tuesday night, as was Mr. Hansen. And uh, the people that were there, I think, thoroughly enjoyed it. It was, a, it was a great opportunity to see the new lights that the Living Desert has put up. And it is a shame that there were a number of people that would have liked to have gone that were not afforded that opportunity because uh, some chose not to. With I have no further reports, uh, City Attorney. 
Thank you, Mayor and Council Members. At 10 o'clock this morning, the City Council conducted a special meeting. At the special meeting and open session, the Council amended the agenda to add one closed session item by a unanimous five to nothing vote, making two findings required under the Brown Act. The item in closed session to be added was a conference with legal counsel regarding anticipated litigation under Government Code Section 54956.9, parentheses, D, parentheses, 4, one case. With that, uh, there was a closed session at this morning's special meeting. The Council considered items 4A, B, C, D, and the added item E, which I just mentioned. Item 4C pertained to a matter pertaining to an alleged equal protection under the law violation. No reportable action was taken regarding today's closed session. Thank you. And do we have a need for a further closed session? We do not. There is no need for any further closed session at this meeting. Thank you. Thank you. So with that, we will adjourn to a special meeting of the City Council. We held 10 a.m. on December 19th in City Hall Council Chambers and Executive Conference Room, and thereafter to a regularly scheduled afternoon session meeting of the City Council to be held at 1.30 p.m. on December 19th in City Hall Council Chambers. Thank you all. I just want to thank you. Uh, I just yeah, want to I'm not going to brown nose you. <laughs>